Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine, are you? Oh, wonderful. Splendid. So, so splendid that I might have to take my shoes off for this episode. <laughs> I, I know, that was petty to start out. <laughs> you, you oh, it's been a lot of that going on. Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of, you know, a lot of feet flying, a lot of, you know, shoe and heels coming off, you know, but, that's, you know, so. that's, that's, that's how the game goes. Well, episode four, y'all have no idea podcast, big sky here. And I'm Sean. And we are underway. So we, we had a little break. You know, people were celebrating birthdays and stuff. So <laughs> we got to say happy birthday. We got to say happy birthday. We got to say happy birthday. Y'all might hear that loud clap in the background. Uh-huh. Somebody celebrated a birthday. We ain't going to tell nobody's age in here. Oh, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> My kid goes, uh, Mama, do we got to put uh, candles on your cake? Because ain't nobody got time to be lighting that many. I said, oh. Wow. <laughs> Shady. Shady. Well, I mean, hey, listen, I, I'm enjoying being in my mid-30s. I don't know about everybody else, but, you know, some oh, people... It's a blessing for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. So, but happy birthday to you. Gotta, gotta send that out. Well, thank you kindly. Of course. Of course. Well, boy, you know, take, taking a hiatus, taking a break sometimes, you know, I just laugh because... People just like to give us material. It's it's like almost handing people free money. I hear yes, you go. So much. Lord Jesus. We we just have to start with the most obvious, I guess. So in between the last podcast and this podcast, so much has happened. Um, you know, we had Aretha Franklin's funeral, we had the unfortunate death of Mac Miller. Uh, on my had, birthday. On your birthday, no less. Rest in peace to Matt Miller. I'll touch on him in, in just a little while. We had, you know, officers that don't know where they live. Oh, You've had, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. You had a big corporation taking a big stance and people not being happy about it, including mayors. Gosh, what else has happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was coming off. But... We're going to start there. We, we might as well just get this on out the way now. So, you know, as, a, as we record this episode, I just have to say that I am very happy that I am not in the business of entertainment because some things I just can't tolerate. One of the things I can't tolerate is slick talk. Oh. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. I need you to tell me up front what you think about me. I don't need to find out from everybody else. I don't need to find out from a circle. Just tell me up front. Don't don't sneak this me. Don't don't send out direct messages to other people. Anyway, especially so we, if you're not about that life. Especially if you're not <laughs> about that life, which brings us to Nikki versus Cardi. So I'm leaving work. And I'm like, why do I have so many notifications on my phone? Because normally when something happens of craziness on Twitter, my notifications are like through the roof. So I'm like, what in the world is going on? So, of course, I'm leaving work. Check my phone. 
I just happened to look down. I'm like, oh, oh, Nikki and Cardi's trending. Now what? Mm-hmm. Come to find out, they then had a little altercation at a some kind of New York fashion. It was a Harper's Bazaar party uh, during New York Fashion Week. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, listen, I'm I'm from Flint, Michigan. I don't <laughs> care what happens in New York. So anyway, come to find out, little Miss Cardi. Now let let me just let me just say this. Before anybody even say anything, you know, I know, I know people, uh, you know, listen to the podcast and people have a lot to say about a lot of stuff. But Cardi did say while she was pregnant that when she drops this baby, mm-hmm. she's coming with some of you. So let me just get, I just had to throw that out there. So no one should be surprised. But anyway, they had a little altercation, a shoe flew, George Bush style. And uh, <laughs> and it was a little scuffle, not not too much of a scuffle to the point where nobody put hands on each other. But you know, security was there. Unfortunately, um, Cardi had a little spot on her face um, from some security. So that was that. And then Queen Radio happens. Now she wants the smoke. And now she wants the smoke. Now. I'm going to, I'm going to pass it to you for a minute because I'm, I'm, I'm going to say some stuff that is not going to make a lot of people happy. I'm not in the game to make people happy. That's just me. So I'm, I'm going to let you, you know, ladies first, of course, because I got a lot to say. Uh, Okay. Well, what, first of all, my annoyance is with the whole, everybody that was the place should be doing that in front of white people. Like when did they become the a parameter for morality and what should or shouldn't be done like on site me <laughs> on site I don't care where I see you at like you saying all this stuff while I'm pregnant you want to be sneak this thing Nicki Minaj is the type to throw a stone and then hide her hand she likes mm-hmm. to do a little underhanded not so much in your face type just like little where I kind of like dog whistling where I know you saying stuff to me and I know you nitpicking me but everybody else around might not know so then it looks like Cardi just overreacting or she ghetto but if you've been messing with me you've been messing with me, especially while I've been praying when you know I can't do nothing and then I see you I don't care where we at we could be at the bank we could be Hell, pretty much anywhere except maybe church. I ain't gonna act a fool at church, but I might act a fool in the parking lot at church, depending on <laughs> what the problem is. But you are not gonna continue to just do stuff to where you stopping me from getting money. You talking about my kid, you, you all this stuff, and all this gang gang like you about that life. And then when I see you now, you want to stay behind security, you want to say nothing, but then you go two, three days later, get on the radio, and now you got so much to say. Like it's either be quiet or be ready, but you can't do both, and mm. that's her problem. Mm. I like this energy. I like this. I like this. So I'm glad you said that. Um, first of all, let me let me just say this. I, I want to get this out the way because I know people are going to be like, "Here you go. You about to stomp on Nikki, are you?" Actually, I'm about to stomp on both of them. Listen, I am I am a fan of Cardi. I actually enjoy Cardi. I love her personality. I love what she represents. I like Cardi. I really do. 
I got to get on Cardi for a couple things. For one, and this is the one thing that I got to get on Cardi, but not now. I did listen to the Queen Radio um, and, you know, her little show or whatnot, which I have my own thoughts about that show because I'm going to bring something up about the hypocrisy of Nicki Minaj in a minute. But, oh, you guys, just wait because it's going to be a doozy. But I want to get this out. As much as I love Cardi, the only my only critical thing is, is one thing that Nikki said that I actually agreed with was the whole black women roaches monkey thing. I, I don't like that. That's a, that's a bad look because it's a lot of it's a lot of women that ride with Cardi. A lot of women ride with her. And so if you had those kind of inc- you know incidents with people that you may have had a problem with before you got to refrain from staying, saying stuff like that because that's going to come back to bite you. How many times have we seen in the past couple years when somebody has said something on Twitter, on Instagram years ago and then it comes back to bite? Oh, that's the new way to be going through people's Twitter five, six years ago, finding oh, problematic tweets and then using it against them now. Exactly. So I didn't like that from Cardi. Also, I, I love Hennessy. I love her sister Hennessy. But if I'm if I'm Cardi, I'm telling Hennessy, let, let, let me fight this one because I, I get she's the she's the sister that you know what she's Hennessey that sister. Oh, uh, Hennessy went <laughs> Hennessy went off on um on Twitter because you know as soon as the incident happened, everybody started hitting Hennessy up. So Hennessy basically had to defend her herself and Cardi. And, oh God, oh, Hennessy was know, saying, she just is ratchet. Oh, yes, yes, she is. You know, the hip hop reunion episode we all remember. So she, she kind of, you know, she kind of got to tell her sister, no, let me get this one, because they're gonna lump Hennessy into it to mm-hmm. put them in the, all the all ratchet categories. So she got to tell her sister to fall back. That's the only problem I have with Cardi. Now it's time for me to get on Nikki, and again, ladies and gentlemen. I am not a Nicki Minaj hater. <laughs> I have to say this constantly because somebody approached me uh, when I <laughs> when we did the podcast last time. I was like, it sound like you just hate Nicki. <laughs> no, I just like to point out hypocrisy. First of all, we are doing a podcast. Yes. People can qualify this as a radio show. I don't really qualify this as a radio show. I mean, podcast and radio is a little bit different. That's neither here nor there. I'm listening to Nikki talk and talk and talk. And then she got to a point where she got real loud and rowdy. Why you done had that smoke for Remy, Nikki? Why you had that smoke for Kim? I can tell you why she done had that smoke for Remy or Kim. Because it's easy to pick on Cardi. So yeah. Cardi's Cardi's the new, she's the new kid on the block. She hasn't really been in the industry that long. And the type of artist that Cardi is and where she came from. She's from that love and hip hop alum. And we all know how people feel about love and hip hop alum. They just feel like, oh, they're just castaways, throwaways, which a lot of them are. They are. I mean, Carly Red and Young Jock isn't exactly lighting the world on fire. <laughs> so, and neither is <laughs> Hazel E. I can point to a whole bunch of other people from the love and hip hop alumni that's doing absolutely nothing. But Cardi's the most successful out of that whole brand, even more so than Jim Jones. And Jim is my man, but Cardi by far is the most successful 
out of the bunch. Even more than K. Michelle, who I like. And I'm going to get to K. Michelle in a minute, too. Can't stand her. I, well, I'll, I'll get to her in a minute because <laughs> get brought up in this in this little thing that I'm about to get into. So you didn't have smoke for Remy. You didn't have smoke for Kim. You didn't even have smoke for freaking Azealia Banks, of all people. But you got smoke for Cardi. I find that very odd. You want to know why you ain't got smoke for Remy? Because we know how Remy gets down. And even though little Kim is nice, wholesome little Kim, ask Voxy Brown the last time you talked sideways to little Kim and it got back to her. Bang, bang, anybody? So it's not like, it's not like Nikki's doing anything where you're like, oh, she killed Oh, it's an easy target. Because she because of where she comes from. That's why she did that. Also, Nikki, knock it off with the with the payola talk. When Bodak Yellow came out, everybody was blazing Bodak Yellow. Mm-hmm. Isn't Nikki Minaj the one that congratulated Cardi on Instagram or on Twitter, one of them joints congratulating Cardi for the success of Bodak Yellow? Oh, it wasn't payola then. Oh, it's payola now, though, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. But the one thing I want to get on her about is I ain't never stopped nobody from getting the bag. Lies. Really? She tried to put the kibosh on Sheether. Thank you. Thank you. So you didn't stop, you didn't stop K. Speaking of K. Michelle, you didn't stop K. Michelle? Remember Buy Me Your Heart, the song with Meek? That's no, a K. Michelle record. Because I don't like K. Michelle, so no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Anyway, for those who don't know, Meek had a song called Buy Me Your Heart that was on Meek's album. Nikki was on it. That was actually K. Michelle's record. And allegedly, K. Michelle, I guess she came out and was saying that Nikki thought that K. Michelle was trying to creep up on Meek. And Nikki pulled some strings to get that record removed from it being K. Michelle's to being Meek's record with Nikki featured on it. And K. Michelle's been very open about it. I think I don't know if it's through Fader. I don't know who it's through, but yeah, K. Michelle talked about that. And she talked about it openly. Nikki never said anything though. So there's that one. Then there's Remy. Remy was white hot when All the Way Up came out. Had a remix with Jay on it. Jay doesn't hop on anything. Mm-mm. Ever. <laughs> Here Jay-Z is hopping on the remix to All the Way Up. Who I also and don't like, she... by the way. Right. Well, well, I, I love... <laughs> don't you start that. We're we going to say that for a whole other episode. We're going to say that for a whole other Anyway. So, y'all, by the way, by the way, y'all, I don't know if y'all heard what she said, but she said something. Y'all, I y'all don't like Jay Z. I don't like Jay Z. I don't like Jay Z. <laughs> I can't stand you. Anyway, we'll save that one. But anyway, take so, over with trash. Stop it! Stop! <laughs> stop it! Blasphemous. Anyway, so on the remix all the way up. Remy, we already know what happened. You know, Sheether destroyed Nikki, and then. Nikki dropped no frauds. My paws on no you trash. You're pure hot, unadulterated garbage. garbage. Yeah. And because Remy was so hot, you know, she was still running off the success 
of All the Way Up. And then, you know, her and Fat Joe dropped the album. I like the Money Showers record, which I thought was signed. Was that fun. album was fire. It was slept on. That, um, what is it, Plateau, Eplomos, or something yeah, like something that? Like that album was fire. I like the album. I like that. That's the best Fat Joe I've signed in years, too. Something like he had his, his mojo and his energy back. But anyway, great album. So Remy was hot. Then Remy comes out, and I don't watch Wendy Williams, but it was very interesting to hear Remy talk about how Nikki stopped her from coming to award shows and stopped her from going to certain places because she felt threatened. Yeah, so that's she not all, she wanted to be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. So you mean to tell me she didn't stop a bag? Really? Come on, Nick. I gotta call her Nick at this point. Nick, so from 09 to now, right? That's almost a decade. Mm -hmm. You know, when Nikki first came out, you know, Nikki wasn't really popping like that. It took her to get away from Deborah and Gucci and Waka to go to Young Money and finally get a buzz. So when she talks about, oh, Cardi, the only way she got on is through payola and, you know, sensitive, whatever she said. It was, it was weird because I'm, oh, sympathy. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, but wasn't you the sympathetic figure when you had beef with Kim because Kim was the quote unquote old head that was a hater and you was looked at as the sympathetic figure. Am I missing something or am I just dumb? Because I could have swore people were sympathizing with Nikki when Kim was coming for her. Neck. Right? Or yeah. just making stuff up. Now that, that was the case. So now all of a sudden Cardi's trying to get sympathy. Nikki, come on. Like, it's, it's one excuse after another, after another. And don't tell me that you bought that life because from the video that I watched, you just sat there. Stood there and was and was praying that they didn't release her, that she couldn't make it over there. Lord, please don't let them let her go. And she actually come over here and, and I actually have to pretend like I know how to fight. That's what was going on. <laughs> So I'm just like, it's it's just laughable to me that that Nikki just all of a sudden rah rah like a dungeon dragon, but you ain't have smoke for nobody else. You have smoke for the easy person to have smoke with. Miley was man. good. <laughs> Miley, come on, man, that's get out of here. So I once again, we can we just go one episode without having to talk about dog on Nikki. <laughs> We please. They stop with the foolery. We can, but this ain't gonna end no time soon because she didn't got on Queen Radio and said all that she had to say, and she basically threw Offset in there about how he trying to sleep with strippers. So now he in the mix. It's just a bunch of foolishness and Funk Flex. Up. Oh my! I hate Funk Master Flex. I'm so tired of Funk Master Flex. He should have been left in the nineties. He's still crying about Tupac and hurt his feelings. And Tupac been dead since 1996. And Flex still crying about that. I am so tired of him. I need him to go somewhere and sit down. He sounded like a groupie on that radio yesterday. Like he was her radio hype man. He needs something to do other than that. So that, by the way, that was my fake bomb that just went off. I don't know if anybody <laughs> <seen> that. Oh. <laughs> no, anybody knows me. I can't stand for Master Flex. This is the uh. same for Master Flex that when Sheether, because I I have the audio when when Sheether was dropped was dropped like when he was doing his little DJ stick on the radio, 
he was the main one clowning on Nikki. So then when he has to do promotion for Nikki, all of a sudden it's Nikki, I love you. And yeah. he just had a misunderstanding and blah, blah, blah. It's like, bruh, what happened to you, Paul? What happened? Tupac Flex, happened. What happened. <laughs> That's what happened. He's soft, man. He's trash. Get from Flex out of here. Anyway, I, I'm, 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 I'm done with Nikki. I can't, I, I'm done talking about Nikki. Cardi and all that foolishness. Listen, I'm I'm just done. So <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to everybody that thinks that I'm crazy when I say stuff like I love Joe Button. If you haven't heard, <laughs> well, first of all, shout out to Joe Button. Joe Button is really popping in these streets, isn't he? I'm having a love-hate relationship with Buttons right now. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. Okay, you got to explain this. I got to sit more water for this one. Okay, so I listened to his podcast and his side of the story on his relationship with M. I am someone who believes in a thing called loyalty. And even if you feel like you may have not gotten your just due to your satisfaction, at the end of the day, this is supposed to be somebody that you are in a not quite a family, but you know, y'all got this this thing going, like you on his label. I think that there was a way for him to talk about that trash revival album without <laughs> him jumping completely out the window. 1,000% agree. Now, the, the album was trash. It, it was garbage. Oh, it was. Oh, it, it, was. Was, it was no good. It, it, it was horrible. But if we have had dealings, be it if we still do or we don't, there is a level that I can talk about how trash your album is without being disrespectful. Mm. And I think that that's where my issue with buttons comes. Okay, so now if you are you this media person now and, and you want to be able to, to critique the albums, then you can do that without just like destroying the man. Especially this is somebody you didn't have dealings with. And I think that if he would have done that, then him and M wouldn't have no problems. Now, on the other token, I do not believe that there was a lie told when he said that he is probably better than M as far as in the last decade. Because we can't go... He, he knew not to jump out and say he was better than M in totality because... You know, let's keep it real. Uh, Joe Buttons, um, his catalog is nowhere near up to par. But in this last 10 years, Eminem has been on some like, I'm the GOAT, I'm going to just sit on the shelf. I don't really got to try. I'm not that hungry. I'm going to just put out whatever. And I mean, at this point, rightfully so, you, you've proven, you know, that you are a goat. Like we don't have that that is nothing that nobody will ever have to argue. So I believe he did kind of like fall off as far as this decade goes. But as far as Joe just thinking that he gonna be able to like, okay, if they really had a rap battle that he could take M 
I don't see that happening. Mm, I'm so glad you mentioned loyalty. Why was that missing? Like, did, no one talked about the loyalty part. Because nobody well, we really are- cares about that now. Like, this generation of kids, everybody cutting off everybody. Like, it's it's been no honor amongst thieves, but now it's no honor amongst family. Like, everybody backbiting everybody to try to make a name for themselves. And he wanted the clout with Charlemagne, so he, you know, to, to pump up his podcast and all this stuff he doing now, so he tried to, to use him. And I find that to be messed up, regardless on if y'all was still cool or not. It, it was a better way to do what he did, and he could have still got his point across. Agreed, agreed. So I'm glad you brought up the loyalty part because yes, again, that was missing. And I felt the exact same way. Here's my here's my thought about it. And I, I'm a huge Joe Budden fan. Like Joe Budden's my man. I and before anybody asks, well, do you actually listen to Joe Budden? Uh I, yes, I do. Actually, I have all the Joe stuff from No Love Loss, Some Love Loss, All Love Loss, Rage in the Machine. I have all of that stuff. Okay. I am a Joe Budden fan. Um so when when people say, well, you didn't really listen to Joe, oh, well, you yeah, actually I did. So let's get that out the way. I find that I found now I listened to the interview like you did. He spent an hour and twenty six minutes mm-hmm. Eminem for a bar that he supposedly said was not that good. Yeah, <laughs> it must have been, been something junk. You spent over an hour talking about it. So yeah, loyalty. I go back to when Slaughterhouse was first formed. Slaughterhouse was formed basically because you had four guys, Crook, Joel, Royce, Joe, that were almost ostracized from the industry based on past failures and past success or lack thereof that they may have. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you got those four guys together was a monumental moment in hip hop because I was a fan of all four, especially Royce. I am a, Royce is in my top. He might be in my top 10 by the end of, end of the day. Royce is a beast. But anyway, so when that was formed, there was no M. There was no M and M even thought of at that point. I mean, affiliations because of Joel Ortiz being with Aftermath at one point. And, of course, we know about M and Royce's relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's formed off of the backs of the industry. So you mean to tell me that when the Shady Records deal was up, you wouldn't have jumped on it. Please, anybody would have jumped on that deal. Hell, I wish I would have been on Shady. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Anybody would have joined. So for Joe to make it seem like it was kind of iffy, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, Joe. Because I remember how the I remember how the group was formed. Y'all basically got Eminem's attention because y'all were so nice. I don't know if anybody else would have pushed the button to even try to sign Slaughterhouse at that point. Because no. who was really, who was buzzing? Would, could you picture them with freaking Maybach music? No. And I love Ross. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Rick Ross fan. Yeah. But I, they wouldn't have been on Maybach. Don't do that. <laughs> I would have. I, I, I don't see them on Maybach music. G-Unit was an afterthought. And every last one of those guys probably had beef with 50 at one point. So that wasn't going to. So who were they going to sign with? With Slip and Slide Records? Death Row? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it had to be Shady. So in between the time that they were on Shady and the time now, now that the group is pretty much gone, I mean, I, I, I love the first album. I hated the second album. And the second Because the second album sounded like a mainstream album. 
if you had problems with that, then Joe, don't say, well, I was the only one that said something. Sure you were, Joe. Sure you were. I'm sure you were the only one that said something, despite the fact that y'all still pull out that BS album that y'all put out. So don't just say, oh, I'm the only one that... Okay, Joe, please. Anyway, and this notion that Joe is retired from rapping, this is the same Joe Button that has been in battles with so many different wasn't it Raekwon that punched him it was Raekwon's man I believe oh it wasn't actually it was Raekwon. one of Raekwon's homies <laughs> well you know I think Ray was there I think Ray, Raekwon was there and and one of it one of the one of the guys from Wu <laughs> took a swing at Joe yeah because he was talking tra- uh, crap about Methy Man and Red Man yeah, exactly. So Joe deserves. I'm sorry, Joe kind of deserved that though. I'm sorry, I don't condone violence. But if you're gonna talk about, oh, and Wu Tang will see you. Ask yeah. Mace. <laughs> Mace would be the first one to tell you. Wu Tang will come see you. So it's just like, I just, I, I was very upset, and 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 that whole episode on Everyday Struggle where he went off on Revival. Listen, I understand. You may have some. You may have had some issues with M mm-hmm. and the label and all that, but you have to contain yourself because you're looked at as somebody that's loyal to that brand, to Shady. You're signed, and Joe even said it himself. He was like, "I'm still signed." Then why are you going off like that, Joe? That's why I, I don't was- understand. Yeah, even the Nadeska the and academics was looking at him like. And if it's, if it's this big of a problem, why didn't you just approach that man man to man like, you know, this is my issue with you. Why are you going to get on TV and do all this extra? Because I, I'll tell you the reason why. Because he got so comfortable in thinking that Eminem wasn't going to say a word. As I if mean, we don't know how poking the bear now. But uh, no. People been saying stuff about Eminem for years. Eminem was like, "Oh, for real? Okay, I'm letting them. I'm letting the chopper spray. All of y'all can get it. <laughs> that includes Machine Gun Kelly, which I got. I got to give a sidebar. I got to give respect to Machine Gun Kelly for responding. I was about to say, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> that rap devil! Not for nothing. That rap devil was kind of nice." I was like. Okay, Machine Gun Kelly. Now I'm not a Machine Gun Kelly fan. I don't really listen to him like that. He he had a couple songs that was cool, but I never really listened to his music, dug his music like that. I don't know um, nothing but Wild Boy from Machine Gun Kelly. I ain't even gonna lie. Yeah, well, I, I like the remix. He, he, I like the remix of uh, Wild Boy. Wild Boy had like everybody and their mama on that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I was very shocked. Yeah. And he said some things on that joint. I was like, all right. He been harboring that for a while. I hope he got some more because Eminem gonna kill him. I was like, "Oh, this is real nice, but you just signed your death warrant, sir." Because when that when that white man get back uh, on that mic, it's over for you, sir. Mike. Is is you know what that reminds me of? That re- it's, this, and this is gonna sound bad. You going you you you're gonna disagree with what I'm about to say. You better be talking about Jay Z. No, I'm not talking about oh. Jay Z. Stop. This kind of reminds me of okay. I know people like Drake, right? I like Drake. Oh, Drake and Pusha T? Uh, listen, listen. Drake, when he gave it to Pusha, I was like, oh, shoot. Because Duffy Freestyle was kind of nice. I was like, dang. But boy, when Pusha came out with that story, and Don, I... 
Yeah, you're, I you're, mean, just, you're just you're shining. You're shining the trophy for him. That is exactly what Machine Gun Kelly is doing for Eminem. Because boy, when Eminem responds, I kind of feel gone. like though with that that I kind of feel like Drake could have come back. I kind of feel like he might have even had some real material to come back. I think it was just a matter of for his career, was it really worth it to give Pusher right. that much light? Because it's like, look what right. happened. He didn't say nothing else. That was it. Nobody even talks about that no more. Yeah. I mean, mm, mm, mm. I, I still go back and listen to the story of Adi Don. Like, Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's like a Man, little blimp on his long list. Like, it's his, 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 his. This little L, it's a little miniature L, and then we back to winning again. It's like, eh. look, look, I'm I'm gonna say this, and it's gonna be unvery, it's gonna be very unpopular. And I like Drake, but Drake is one for four in battles. He is LeBron James in battles. Sorry, y'all, y'all not gonna like that. I don't care. He's one for four. Sorry, right. he got one win, and that's Meek. What? What's the other two losses? Because I know we gonna say push up, but what are the, the other, other two? The common. That was an L. I don't even remember that. That was the okay. You remember? Okay, you remember when Drake was talking to Serena? Yeah, I remember that. Well, Common was talking to Serena too. I didn't even know that they had a beef. It was on Wax. Yeah, Stay Scheming. Okay, you remember? You remember the song Stay Scheming? It was Rick Ross, Prince Montana, and Drake. Uh-huh. Drake had a line in there where he kind of referenced Common. So Common was like, "Oh, really? Oh." Okay, so Common came back with his own stay scheming remix. Oh, I'm gonna so miss this. I'm gonna have to check uh, this out because oh, this that to you. And Drake, and Drake I never responded. My old lady bubble when that happened because I don't... <laughs> so much old lady bubble. So that's one L. Uh, Joe Button. Joe Joe Button tortured Drake for four records. Drake, no sleeping. So that's two. Push, because he never responded. He had to he had to get Jay Prince to, to stop the bleeding. And what was the other L that he took? It was, a, it was another that's one. That's it. Took. You said one for well, you said one for four. I said, right? one, I said one for four. I said one for four, right? Yeah. I swear Drake got another L somewhere. Um, oh, it, oh, oh, the Toronto Raptors. I'm joking. I'm joking, y'all. That was a joke. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so listen, I, I, Joe, I, I need you to come with them bars, my friend. I understand you're quote unquote retired, but Eminem rapped on you. Supposedly uh, retired because if Eminem responds the way that Joe see fits, and that's what kills me. It's like, okay, you are the judge of if he comes hard enough for you to actually come back. Like, come, come on, Joe. Like, you really feeling yourself a little too much for somebody who ain't got a real like classic album like you can't name one album of joe's where you just like from start to finish i'm gonna pop that in and let it play and everybody know the lyrics and no so oh man that's cold-blooded because i'm a joe Button fan and i love me some movie music too oh that's me (sighs) we'll 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 move on for joe oh by the way shout out to remy for calling him out too 
on, on State of the Union. That was great. I'm so I, glad. I recorded it. I didn't watch it on the internet yesterday. I just recorded oh, it to watch it tonight. Yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, Remy Ma is a national treasure, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. All right. So, also in between the week, we had the Bobby Brown biopic. Lord have mercy. Lord. <laughs> I need like all. We need like three stories because we got the Whitney story. Now we got the Bobby story. Now we need the like the real for real what really happened story because her story made her look good and made him look crazy. His story made himself look like a victim and made her look crazy. So I need the where they both look crazy because people telling the truth about what really happened because we ain't seen none of them of him beating her. They really made it seem like he didn't start drugs until after he was messing with her. Like, you ain't become a full-fledged crackhead after you met Whitney Houston. Like, you ain't just all of a sudden jump out the window and decide you just gonna be Mr. Crackman now that you married to this woman. Like, cut it, Bobby. What did you think of biopic? I thought it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was up um, up there with, like, the new edition story. I kind of feel like they probably um, should have called it his wife too much like how I think they did like for Dr. Dre and Straight out of Compton but I mean when you tell her your own story you're not really going to make yourself look crazy so I think it was a little smoke and mirrors going on but I enjoyed it mm-hmm. I enjoyed it as well now I'm glad you brought that up because I'm, I'm going to actually talk about his wife a little bit but can we just get this out the way why we acting like Bobby Brown wasn't popping who acted like that? I still listen to Bobby Brown. My kids, we'll put that on and be jamming up in here in a minute. Because you, you got people out here that were shocked about the Janet thing. I'm like, oh, which I'm, let me, so let me break that down. Let me, let me break the Janet thing down. So that would have to be around 88 when the Janet thing happened. 88 or 89. They was talking, they were referencing, uh, James DeBarge, right? Isn't that the one she married? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Represent James DeBarge. So why is it? Why is everybody acting like he wasn't popping? Because and- this new generation does not know anything except for these children that they got out now. Like they don't know anything about the eighties, and because they mamas is like. 10 years older than them so they mom was listening to the same mess that they listening to like there is no reference to the classics from before like how we had parents who were actually grown and listened to decent music right I mean true indeed, true indeed. Our, our kids love New Edition because they saw the New Edition story mm-hmm. part one we kind of had to <laughs> kind of had to shield it from part two but oh. part one we let them um, well, part one, rather, I'm sorry. And they actually, I mean, they still to this day love New Edition. My God, they know every word to every New Edition song. And, you know, it's weird because my oldest daughter is 10, my youngest daughter is six, and Elijah's 15, about to be 15. They know every word to every song. So it's, it's, they, it really, it really just shows you that if you're exposed to something, rather is old or new, like if it's good, if it's good music, great music, you're going to love it. And the reason why I bring that up is because people act like the whole Janet thing was just so far-fetched. I'm like, at one point, Bobby Brown was the hottest R&B act in the entire game. And we're talking about Michael Jackson had just dropped Bad. 
And I mean, Alexander, Alexander O'Neill was popping. Luther was still Luther, but nobody was better than Bobby. When nobody. he said he's king R&B. Facts. And I, I agree. And he was a one-of-a-kind artist because before, you know, your bad boy R&B artist came in, Bobby Brown was the first one. Mm-hmm. There was like Bobby. Listen, I love me some Babyface, right? I am a huge Babyface fan. I think Babyface is top three greatest producers of all time. And if it wasn't for Bobby Brown, Babyface wouldn't have been as big as he ended up getting. And Babyface was already out. He was already working with the SOS band and working with Jody Watley and working with uh, Karen White. But when he touched Bobby Brown's uh, stuff, it exploded. I mean, more so than even his own solo stuff because mm-hmm. solo artists. But man, even Teddy Riley, as great as Teddy Riley ended up becoming, what, listen, and, and people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Why do you think Michael Jackson ended up having Teddy Riley produce his whole Dangerous album? If it wasn't for Bobby Brown, we don't know if that would have ever happened. So you had Babyface and Teddy Riley produce that entire album. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was like, poof. And Bobby Brown was the man. So don't tell, don't act like it was far-fetched that Jan- By the way, Janet was not popping like that. She had just got done doing Control, which was a great album. I love Control. So, and she was getting ready to shift her Rhythm Nation uh, album, which I still think is Janet's best work. Some people may say Velvet Rope. I, I say, say Rhythm that. Nation. <laughs> yeah, Velvet Rope is dope, but that dog on Rhythm Nation, sheesh. <laughs> so... Janet Janet wasn't the Janet that we know. She wasn't an icon yet. She was just getting her feet wet. Same with Bobby. So Bobby had swag. Yeah, my like mama Bobby. was in love with Bobby Brown. And all Shoot. my aunties. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm just like, hey, Bobby Brown was the man. So the Janet thing, I, and, and I believe the Janet thing. I mean, I, I know that's going to sound bad to say, but I do believe it. I don't think Bobby Brown would would have a whole biopic made. I, was gonna, the- I don't think you could put that kind of uh story out on somebody and then not be true. Cause in that in that consider like slander. Would that be slander? Because libel be- is written, right? Yeah. So yeah, I would I would think that that would be kind of slanderous for him to yeah. say that he did that to John Jackson and he didn't really do it. And that's even for the edited part. They ain't even do the hotel scene. That Charlemagne like, loves so much that he keep, oh, he re- he keep referencing. <laughs> He's so petty. But anyway, yes, I love the biopic. Um, I did not like... Oh, but before I even get to that, Woody and Gabrielle, boy, did they play the heck out of Bobby and Woody. Oh, her Whitney. Oh, my favorite part. My favorite, favorite part is when they reenacted the being Bobby Brown scene. Hilarious. And, oh, my gosh, because that's... Let me tell you. That is my favorite pastime. That is the greatest train wreck ever captured in the history of humanity because them people were out of their freaking minds on that. They were so high. They were so high that they thought that they were being normal and they looked all types of crazy. And you know that was the straw that broke the cow's back of their marriage because they were so high. Yeah. <laughs> they were on the other side of the world. 
They were on. Oh my god! That man yeah. talked about getting what? Did, what was he saying? Something about he had to reach in her butt and do something. I was like, oh, this is too much. You can't put this on TV. What are y'all doing? It was. It was, it was a hot mess. <laughs> And that was a popular show too. But boy, that was a hot mess. I need the DVD box set right now. I will watch that <laughs> right now. I will pop that in my TV and have me a good old time because they was crazy. I need Netflix to do it. For the Man, I'm trying work. to tell you. Listen here, everybody. Named, the, the new generation. We need being Bobby Brown remastered. I don't care how much it costs. I would purchase that because this is the greatest television ever recorded. In the history of recorded television, it was crazy. It was crazy, and, but so they they played their role. They they did they did a fantastic job. The the wife, I gotta get to. Oh oh, and when Whitney got up there, she said, "Cause Miss Miss Brown is that's my mother in law." I say, "Brick Whitney, you better go off in front of his new wife. You better let her know that that's gonna forever be your man, Whitney." While she sit right there and can't say nothing. That was so gangster. She got up there. <laughs> That was my mother-in-law. Yeah. And I'm going to sing a song that. for you right quick. She had the nerve to sing a solo. That is the most... I ain't never seen nobody that gangster in my life. I said, yeah, she's from East Orange, uh, New yeah, Jersey. She... Jesus! But the wife was... It, was she like an angel? Like In the movie, she... that's what I'm saying. Like, girl, now don't even try it. You was not this loving and accommodating. Don't, don't, don't play with me. I know messy, and that was some mess because first of all, the way they made it seem like she was just some homie that that he knew, like that they never sleep with everybody. You mean to tell me he gonna have a little high yellow heifer running around as his friend, and ain't nothing never happened between them? Right. And the height of him being Bobby Brown, like girl, come on. It was weird, man. And I know, and I come to find out, you know, she was one of the executive producers. I I kind of had a problem with that because I'm like, this is the Bobby Brown story. This is not the... And she was in the bulk of the second part, which I thought, I, I always thought that was odd too. I'm like, why is she... And I Because she his she, wife. They had, yeah. to, they, they had to put so much of her in there that they cram like... The that last thirty minutes went by too fast of all those people getting sick and dying. They just they moved it so fast because they had to work in their love story. It was just she didn't need that much of of an arc in in the show. Yeah, the the line that I like that she put out there is the, the well, scene with Bobby. Yeah, I was like. What? I'm I like that's ass that was like from every black woman watching it. Like, uh, excuse me, you not who? We know you're not Whitney, girl. You I was like, I was like, okay, all right, well, there you go. You're not Whitney. Well, we knew that already. Yeah, that, you tried it. Yeah, that was so much. That was overall great biopic. Now I'm waiting for the Jodeci one. That's the one I want. Oh, that's going to be a mess. Oh, my Jesus. The drugs and the sex and the debauchery that's going to come from out of that group. Yeah, yeah. I want to know who's going to play Mary. That's all I care about. Who's going to play Mary J. Blige in that one? Ooh, and that's the coked out Mary, the the ghetto uh, (laughs) Cardi B Mary. (laughs) 
and speaking of Car- and speaking of Mary J. Blige, that that's a perfect segue. So, and this is gonna be a really short one. It's not really happen. Oh no, I heard crap. Because I'm like, in the world of social media, there's no way in heck Faith Evans and Mary J. Blige gonna get into a fight and not nobody have no kind of audio, be it video or just just audio, like. Right. Well, you know, well, you know, Mary really never cared for Faith, though. You remember? You remember the I behind? Because the... her and Kim is like real good friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> About that, <laughs> like it's so weird. They, oh man, that whole sequence is crazy, man. But yeah, yeah, I ain't heard nothing about it either. I ain't seen no video, nothing. Nothing. I don't think nothing. that really happened. I don't think it happened either. All right, so I want to talk about people that have the unmitigated gall to be human. Ugh. Why? I say that for this reason and this. Reason. I'm Shout out to Jeffrey Owens. Y'all don't know who Jeffrey Owens is. Actually played a recurring role on the Cosby show. He was the father-in-law to Cliff Huxtable on the show. He was spotted at Trader Joe's. Minding his own business. That's what he was spotted doing. He was spotted minding his own business, doing what he got to do to take care of his family, like whoever that was that took the picture should have been doing. Right, exactly. Just doing, just doing his regular everyday job, and and for everybody that it, it just makes me so upset because I work an everyday job. Like, I mean, come on, I'm you know we're not, you know we're doing this podcast. We're, we're getting there. We're gonna get to a point where you know we're gonna make it big. But at, but Jeffrey Owens was an actor, and this is what happened with actors. Actors take breaks. Like they don't act twenty four seven. Like some they people actually. To. Yeah, exactly. Some some actors would love to have a day off. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, go to the mall and not have to be recognized. Like, that's stuff that actors and, and celebrities just want to have do, just have a regular life. So anyway, so he was just minding his business. Somebody took a picture of him bagging groceries, ticked me off to no end. And so it went, it, it, you know, the story blew up and it went viral. And Tyler Perry, shout out to Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, hey. Treasure, he offered you know him a job on the half and a half nights. Come to find out that he accepted the job, and he's gonna be on ten episodes for the next season. I, again, shout out to Tyler Perry for that. Everybody's been reaching out to him and and basically on on you know defending him. But here's what talk about why humans should not be human. I bet you the person that filmed that either works at I don't know Marshalls. TJ Maxx, Bank Teller, who the heck are you? Who are you? Somebody I, like, that was trying to shame him because, ooh, that's the man from the Cosby Show. What he doing working at Trader Joe's? Ooh, look at you that can't yeah. count my money at the freaking bank. Ooh, look at you that when I when I go to McDonald's and I ask for a quarter pounder with no onions, you put onions on it anyway. Ooh, really? Like, don't get me started. I'm just saying, it's like it. it it bothered me to no end that people can be so trigger-happy trigger with their doggone phones to take a picture of, of a celebrity that you don't even know the person's situation. Like, who are you? And I, I'm glad Jeffrey Owens got that gig. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad 
he should be laughing to the bank. And I know he's he's a very kind-hearted, humble spirit. And, you know, God bless that man. But I was just so mad. I'm like, man, people have no chill, no empathy at all. I'm like, man, whatever. So shout out to him. And he's he's amazing. He is an amazing. And I'm, I, I'm rooting for him. Uh, to win. And speaking of winning, boy, I, I just got to throw my fist up real quick because that boy Colin Kaepernick is winning out here in these uh, streets. That Nike ad, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. That's coming from Colin Kaepernick. Uh-huh. One of one of the one of the great one of the proudest moments of for me, selfishly. Is the fact that when I walk into my closet, I have nothing but Nikes in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and it, this is great. This is this is actually fantastic. Um, they show the new Nike ad during the NFL's um, uh, Thursday night game. Checkmate. This is the same Colin Kaepernick that has an ongoing issue with the NFL. Gonna win too. And- and Nike being Nike was like, we got you back, Colin. We got you. And he has an endorsement deal. And they still They've been jumped paying up. him this whole time. Yeah. Which brings me to the dumb mayor. Oh, I got to call it. I, I, ooh. Is this the one that says that they won't be using any Nike apparel for the city contracts or whatever? Yes. Now, way to be on the wrong side of history. <laughs> Who are you telling? Who are you telling? It is. It's. You would think that in this day and age, that a mayor would try to use that kind of leverage to levy hate and try to mask it as, oh, it's because of taxpayer dollars. Because that's what I heard it was. It was over taxpayer dollars. Are you freaking kidding me? So the, this is the mayor from Kenner, Louisiana. I don't even know where Kenner, Louisiana is. But I believe that's where um, Donna Brazil is from. I believe she's from Kenner. And everybody knows, you know, Donna Brazil. But the, the, the mayor's name is Ben Zane. I'm not. I'm not even going to acknowledge what kind of party he is. That's neither here nor there. Because even if it was a Democratic mayor, I would be looking at you like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" But anyway, he it, like it, it's it's it just boggles my mind that uh, 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 someone in that kind of position would take that kind of political stance when this whole thing has never been about politics. It don't boggle my mind. I just I'm I'm at a loss for words. It's here's a statement, and I quote: "I applaud Nike's message of inclusion and encouragement for everyone to be their best and dream big, but I also recognize that Nike, nice. in its zeal to sell shoes, choose to promote and sell a political message. This is not a political message. Did you not?" 
Did you not hear the statement from Colin Kaepernick concerning no, the it. Nike? He heard it. He heard it and he knows. I don't, I, man, for this narrative switch, I, I just, I can't, I don't understand. At this point, one of two things is happening. Either these people are so dumb that they lack very basic comprehension skills to the point that they cannot grasp that we are not protesting the flag because we said that. We are not protesting the truth because we've said that. We are protesting freaking police brutality against black and brown people. Okay, if I have told you this and I've been very clear, either you are so dumb and I do mean dumb, like you are so dumb that you just cannot grasp basic, simple, like three-year-old comprehension or you're just racist. Like there is yeah. no middle ground. There is yeah. no either or. Because it's like, come on, don't try to sugarcoat it. Don't try to buy and buy and try to navigate and get... Like, if I've told you in the simplest of terms, this is what I'm doing. You cannot then tell me that's not what you're doing. You're doing this. You're either dumb or you racist. So which one is it? Right. I'm going to need you to take a pick because there, there is no other way around it. There's absolutely no other way around it. I don't, and what I don't I, want to hear no justifications because there are none. Like, yeah, me. Yeah. And and the reason why he even kneeled was the fact that he was told to kneel by, by somebody. By a veteran. <laughs> he was told by a veteran. Why do people miss that? Well, no one misses that part. They just choose to ignore that part. Yeah, because they're racist. It. it <laughs> You know, it's 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 so weird to me that people actually would send death threats about something. I'm I'm gonna just come out and say it. I want these people to have the same energy when they get pulled over for speeding, and they gotta sit here and pay a fine because they were speeding. I want you to have that same energy. Listen. I have friends that are police officers, really good friends of mine. And I'm not I'm not the one that's like, oh, cops are mad. Like, no, that's not. We're talking about the ones that suck. Okay? That's what this has been about in the first place. Which brings me to Dallas. Okay. I know my house. Okay? I live on a corner block. Okay? House. And the door is unlocked. I either A, know it's my house, or B, somebody that left the door unlocked that lives there, right? Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me that this doggone police officer? And granted, I understand the 15 hour shift, tired, groggy. You just want to get home and get some rest. No one is disputing that. You mean to tell me you don't know? It's, it's so dark in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> most populated city in the United States you mean to tell me you don't know your own apartment 
Huh? So you notice that your door is unlocked, allegedly, and the first thing you do is you start busting. How in the world do you not know that you did not pull up to the wrong apartment? How? How, Sway? I need an explanation. Oh, she gonna give you one. They already concocting it, because at first they were saying that um, her key didn't work and that he opened the door. But, you know, that doesn't fit the narrative of it being an accident for her defense. So now the story is that the door was unlocked and that's how she got in. And she saw a a large figure <laughs> that did not obey commands and so she just started shooting. Translation, a black man, yeah, the yeah. ladies and mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like from when when the lady cop killed that man on the side of the road and the cop said, oh, that looks like a big bad dude. I'm 800 yeah. feet in the air, but I can tell that way down there, that person looks like a big bad dude because somehow, like, I guess your eyes are just that great where you way down in this man's face and you just know he a big bad dude. But yeah, she saw a large figure and it didn't obey her commands and so she started shooting. My thing is I have four children. 14, 11, 4, and 8 months. That four-year-old is three kids in herself. Okay? I tell you no lie. She is the busiest, most hard-headed child you ever wanted to have. She is everywhere. She is into everything. Listen, okay? I have four kids and a husband who's basically like a whole nother child. We won't get into that right now. A guy like that. Don't do my guy. We will not get into that, but I have four children. And a husband. I know tired. I have never been so tired to where I do not know where I live. Okay? Speak on it. Speak on it. I have never been so tired and I've never been in the building so dark that when I walk in, I cannot say, hey, this floor don't look like my floor. Like, come on. You know your house. If it's somewhere you live, you know your freaking house. You know your building. You know your outside. If if you've lived there for a while, you know you can go home on autopilot. I've done it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've come home and been so tired that I've been on autopilot. But I know where I live. Okay, you live on the third floor. This man is on the fourth floor, so you went up an extra. Thank you. A whole extra floor. I, you didn't skip. You didn't miss one. And you was down. You went up a whole extra floor. So not only did the apartment look different, but the garage in which you got out of your vehicle was not what you're used to. Mm-hmm. You get to the door. I'm sure the hallways don't look the same. You mean to tell me that you at no point did you not notice that you were walking on the wrong floor where the door was open or the door was not open your house is never so dark and when you walk in you can't recognize what's in there there's no way his furniture and everything was set up to the specific layout of your home you knew you wasn't in your house you ain't you ain't that tired 
Now you might have been that high, or you might have been that drunk. So we go, we need to see what this toxicology say. But you ain't been that tired, and and you ain't that blind to not know where you stay. Speak on And if you are a police officer, there are commands that should go before you just start shooting. Thank you. And if I'm in my own house, what the hell I'm going all way your commands for? I'm trying to figure out what the hell you're doing in my house. Thank you. This Thank is my you. home. You're not supposed to be in here. What am I obeying you for? You don't want making a mistake. How you going to come in my house and give me demands? Mm-hmm. You ain't here long enough to be giving demands. You ain't here long enough to realize you ain't supposed to be in here. And then you just shoot this man. You don't fire no warning shots. You don't just turn around and walk out. He ain't supposed to be in there. You by the door. Why don't you just leave and call for backup? Mm-hmm. A lot of things could have happened between her shooting this man in his house and now she wanted to play the victim and they assisted her in doing so. She ain't finna go to jail. She finna get no real time. This man is dead and she gonna be alright at the end of the day because she's a white woman and he a black man and don't nobody care but us. Yep, exactly. You hit, you hit, you hit all the points. I have nothing else to say about it. You basically said exactly what I was gonna say, so uh, that that's just uh, such a sad situation. I mean, but- it's, it's so ridiculous now, like to the point where we literally cannot live. Like, you can't go out, and now you can't even be in your own home. Like, I just think about like, what if it had been the middle of the night, and that would have been my husband. Like, I could have been in the house, and he could have heard somebody messing around our door, walk to the door, and now he did because you done walked in our house. Uh-huh. Like, at, at what point are can can we feel safe? We can't feel safe on the road because if we get pulled over, we don't know if these officers are going to be on some I feel like messing with somebody today or if it's just going to be a regular You here's your citation, you may go. You can't have a barbecue in a park. You can't go swimming at your apartment or your um, neighborhood pool. You can't go yep. get coffee. You you can't go walk to the store and get Skittles. You can't be playing in the park. Like we cannot do anything without the fear of being killed and then knowing that the person who killed us is probably not going to have any real consequences. Even <laughs> if you get two to three years What's two to three years compared to this man's life? Like, at some point, you're going to be free again. He's still going to be dead. Yep. Yep. Absolutely right. And that's the sad part. We care care so much that at some point, at at certain points, it gets nauseating. Because you want change so bad. But it's so far-fetched that... You just sit there and you, you, you just feel – I'm not even going to say the word defeated. You just feel like nothing's going to change because it's, it's a constant revolving door. It, yeah, because they constant. keep moving the ball – they keep moving the freaking goal line. It's like, okay, we get here, but now you didn't change the rules, and we got so much further that we still have to travel. Yeah, yeah. Infuriating. It really is. It's so infuriating. And, and it just makes Oh, don't play the race card. Everything is not about race. Bull, if it ain't. <laughs> you can say that again. Like you can course, say. Of course, you will say that because you, 
everything is made for you. You don't have to to deal with any of this. And to the point where you can't even fathom that the things that we are saying could actually be possible. There's no way the police would ever, like the police are like the greatest people in the world. They are here to protect and serve. They would never try to plant drugs on you. They would never try to harm you. That's not what they're like. That's not your reality. And you so cooped up in your protection bubble that you can't even fathom. Like, fathom. You can't even freaking fathom that this is something that can happen to somebody else because you are that freaking privileged that just the thought is something that you're like, there's no way. No way. Yeah. Ask, ask, Rebecca, about, ask Rebecca about the phone call. You know, you know, little mama trying to sell lemonade. Can't even sell lemonade. With her lying tail gonna say she didn't call the police and she really did. She really did. While oh, she on TV lies. crying with her white woman tears because, oh my God, white woman cries. Let the world stop because we need to figure out what is wrong with this national treasure so we can make sure she is okay because God forbid a white woman is ever upset. Right. <laughs> You're right. And speaking of upset, which brings me, I'm oh, yeah. so upset, upset. Which brings me to Serena Williams. Yeah. Ah, dang, that's a perfect place. So we, we know Serena Williams. Serena Williams is the greatest tennis player ever. One of the greatest and, athletes we've ever seen. Thank you. I have no problem saying it. Anyway, um, she ended up, she was in the U.S. Open um, against Naomi Osaka, who, oh, who, by the way, is a really, really, really good tennis player. She actually beat Serena. I believe it was last year's U.S. Open. And it was primed to be a good matchup. Great matchup, actually. Well, there was some controversy. First of all, Serena did lose in straight sets. And Naomi Osaka ended up becoming the U.S. Open champion. But that's unfortunately now everybody's talking about everybody is talking about the controversial ending to the matchup where um, Serena Williams was actually 517k for her outburst to the line judge the same chump line change. judge that had issues. yeah chump right exactly chump change <laughs> that's, that's like a sneeze that's like sneezing Serena Williams. but you know she had a problem with the line judge the same line judge that's had problems with Serena before He's had problems with Djokovic and Rafael Nadal as well. And unfortunately, you know, she ended up getting penalized a few times during the matchup and and she ended up losing. But that's not what we are going to discuss. We are going to discuss privilege again. But this time, we're going to talk about how Black women are viewed in the eyes of society. Because one thing that makes me mad as a, as a black man is the treatment of black women. I make sure that I try to be respectful at all times to black women. I love, I love my black women. I salute my black women. Black women are the world. And, you know, there's nothing that uh, a black woman can't do that a, a man does. I, I fully, you know, embrace that without even a thought. And what made me so mad with the whole Serena thing was... People made it seem like that because a black woman had an outburst, that it was the end of the world. Where if you do some research on my man Macaro from way back in the day, he had an outburst almost every freaking match. And yet and still, 
talk about him like he's the greatest tennis player of all time. He's a man he, and a white woman at that. He, thank you. He does commentary every single time there is a major tennis event. He's right there. So don't give me the, oh, but they viewed him as a villain back then. Don't even try that because guess what? I guarantee you he didn't have no freaking cartoons uh, displayed of him. That was, and it was the most racist depiction of a black woman you could possibly have. Right, and not just Serena. They did Osaka the same way. I'm like, so the reason why I wanted to bring this up is I said, you know, I sit back and I say, this is why black women get so mad about a lot of issues, and rightfully so. Because the post-press conference, that's one of the things Serena spoke on. She called out the hypocrisy, as she should have. Because let, let's let's keep it one hundred. Let, let me let me just let me, I'm a broadness. I'm a broadness whole thing out. The poster child for tennis for a long time, while Serena was killing it and Venus was killing it, wasn't even the Williams sisters. You want to know who it was? It was freaking Maria Sharp. I was about to say that. She was the poster child for tennis. They love Maria Sharapo. Trash. You want to know why she trash? Because Isn't that the one that they try to say it's like Serena's greatest rival when they play like 20 times and she's won maybe two? Yeah. Yeah. She's she's the Cleveland Browns against Serena. (laughs) She can't beat her. So she was the poster child. Wasn't Serena. Clearly, Serena was the better athlete. It wasn't even a debate. So that's why Serena talks about that stuff. Because it's true. So when she has an outburst, all of a sudden, well, she shouldn't have been acting like that. But she still kept it classy. She still made sure, you know, even like people were, because the people were booing Osaka. She was like, no, no, please don't boo. You know, this young lady deserved to win, which she did. She's a great tennis player. Great. And that's, it, it just, I just, I, I just sit back and I'm just like, man, I can't wait to when Serena Williams retires and she writes a tell-all book, an unadulterated tell-all oh, book. because it's going to be amazing. It's be amazing because I'm buying it. Because the stuff that we see on the surface, I'm pretty sure it's a whole lot of darker, deeper stuff. Of course. That Serena has had to deal with. And and Venus too. Venus also, I don't want to exclude Venus from this because Venus dealt with it too. You know what I'm saying? They've dealt with so much being strong black women coming from the hood. Like they from they're from the hood. They they were born in Saginaw, but they were raised in Compton. So they came from that to becoming two of the greatest tennis players of not even just our generation of all time, period. Mm-hmm. And they have to endure so many different struggles. And here's another thing that Serena Williams has to deal with is this racist jerk out of Australia posting this ridiculous picture of Serena Williams all crazy buffed out and like this. It, it, I saw the picture and I was just like, that is just the most absurd thing. I've ever He tried seen. to defend it. How, how can you defend that? Because I guarantee you, and listen, I am the biggest Patriot fan 
out there. But I Ugh. guarantee you, Tom Brady, shut up. But I guarantee you, Tom Brady, they want to put that picture up. I guarantee you. Tom Brady, listen, as much as I love my quarterback, Tom Brady whines. You dare <laughs> call that <laughs> Okay, you want to call his coach was? Okay, Listen, I'm, I'm not going to talk about y'all still. <laughs> I game to the worst team in the league Look last here. year. I'm not gonna... But anyway. We are having internal issues right now, okay? Because they don't want to pay Le'Veon his money. All right? And I ain't even watching football. Let me let me preface that, okay? I am, for the second year in a row, participating in the NFL boycott. But we are having internal issues right now, okay? You know what Antonio say, nobody wins when the family feuds, all right? We are feuding right now. We, we not on the same wavelength, okay? So, look. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Did you just quote Jay-Z? Did no, you I, did, I didn't quote Jay-Z. I quoted Antonio Brown who quoted Jay-Z, okay? I did not quote Jay-Z. Antonio said this, okay? That's what I, that's who I'm quoting. Okay? No, I would never quote Jay-Z because I don't like him. But yes, we, 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 we going through some things right now, okay? <clears throat> and he just pay that man his money, but I don't know. They they, they don't want to pay that man, and it's it's real bad because we just seen uh, Odell get like eight hundred million dollars. <laughs> and, and and the, the Steelers just I I don't know what's going on. I I don't know why we want to pay that man, but I don't understand it either. And I'm not even Steelers fan. <laughs> They, okay. They need to pay him his money. Okay. They do need to pay him his money, but like I was saying with Tom Brady, that man is a lot. He does. He's a, he is a crybaby. I will admit that that man is a crybaby. But they wouldn't have never posted that about him. No. Because you know okay, what I'm saying? that is Serena's issue specifically is the the portrait of being an angry black woman but it's not specific to her per se because it's our black athletes in general because it's okay for like oh we'll just use Tom Brady for for like a white athlete time for Tom Brady to be so engulfed in winning that he's so upset that he may act out or not shake the other team's hand or leave the field before congratulating and everybody be like, oh, he's just so passionate. He just wants to win so bad. But then when you have somebody like Cam Newton who shows the passion because he too wants to win, then it's always too much. He's cocky. Like, we can't ever just be what we are. We can't ever just be athletes who who just want to win. Who We always have to be more than that. But they can do it. It's always passion with them. It's always for the good with them. And then it's always something bad when we show the same amount of of aggression or or passion. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm and again, y'all, I'm saying this as a as a Patriots fan because yeah. you know I just had to bring that out because that's that's the I'm able to separate that. That's the hypocrisy of it. Like don't tell me that it's passion with Brady but, you know, it's not with Serena. It's something else. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all know what y'all do. Don't 
Y'all know what y'all doing. Don't even try that. Don't even try that with me. But we going we going we going hold Serena Williams to the highest esteem because she deserves it. And, and Naomi Osaka too. She doesn't deserve that slander either. It, it was it was just it was just ridiculous. All right. So I we're gonna talk about a, a, a few more things and, and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I do wanna say again, rest in peace to Matt Miller. Uh Matt Miller was only twenty six years old. Overdose. Um very talented MC. Again, I listened to his music. Uh, and he was part of probably one of the greatest double XL freshman classes ever. Him, YG, Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar, Meek Mill. I mean, that cl- a currency who I'm a big fan of. I, I don't know if Whiskey was part of that class or not, but man, that 20, that 2011 double XL class was amazing. And Mac Miller was part of that class. Um, again, very talented MC out of Pittsburgh. Uh, it, it's it's just a heartbreaking. It's so story. sad. We used to watch his it's reality so TV show. Yeah, yeah. Forgot about that. Forgot about the reality TV show. And the one thing that I wanted to kind of say about that is, uh, I know, I know on the podcast we picked on Ariana Grande before, but it's one thing I do want to say. I mean. She don't deserve what she got. No, they like, so- blaming her. Like they sound so stupid blaming her for for leaving him. It's like at the end of the day, she got a life too. And I'm pretty sure I, I- in those two years that they were together that she did everything she could, but she had to look out for herself. And if he wasn't gonna get clean, it wasn't no use of destroying both of them. So she had to do what she had to do for herself. But at the end of the day, I'm sure she's just as heartbroken as everybody else. She didn't want that for him. She really wanted him to get clean. She did. She did. And and that's a that's an internal battle. That's so sometimes even when you have someone that's close to you and they're dealing with a certain type of depression, they're dealing with you know drug uh, drug usage or anything that they're dealing with that may be an addiction. Sometimes that other person can't help you. They just can't. Mm-hmm. So, like you alluded to, she does have a career. She does have her own life. And to blame that young lady, and she's dealt with so much. I mean, the whole Manchester thing over in England, she dealt with that. She dealt with the embarrassment that was at the Aretha Franklin uh, home going, which we're going to have to talk. We're going to talk about that on part two. Oh, yeah, by the way, everyone, we are doing a part two because there's some other stuff that we are going to discuss. We might, I mean, that'll read the Franklin home going. I got a whole lot of stuff to say about that. Well, I'm going to save that for part two. Oh, I got some stuff to say about that. But she had to deal with the embarrassment of that. And now, you know, this. And it's like, I I, I don't wish that on her. I don't wish that on anyone. And that is completely unfair Mm -hmm. to blame that young man for that. And just come on, man. But anyway, rest in peace to Mac Miller. There's so many rappers showed him love. Some, a lot of other celebrities showed him a lot of love. Uh, it's a video um, of J. Cole actually crying on stage talking about Mac Miller because they actually worked together, you know, on on some tracks before. So it's, it's heartbreaking and you know, I feel really bad and, and rest in peace to Mac Miller. Okay. Um, yes, y'all, we're going to do a part two because, I mean, y'all leave us no choice. Um <laughs> <laughs> The reason why we're doing the part two is because we didn't even get to Aretha Franklin's home going yet. I know it seemed like it was almost a year ago. It was only two weeks ago, y'all. As long as it was, it seemed like it was yesterday because it lasted like 24 hours. 
Did you see? Did you see the Lauren Hill post? Oh, that she had just arrived at Aretha Franklin's house. Classic. That was a classic. I'm about right, because that's about the time she'd have got there. So I knew. <laughs> All right, shout out to whoever posted that. You are a genius. God, the internet is undefeated. Uh, but yeah, we we gonna we gonna wrap this thing, or we gonna we gonna probably do part two pretty soon. I still ain't and, got uh, to my John McCain, so I will say I got my notes together. I can save and oh, wait for that for part two. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know you. I know you ready for that. But we we go. Don't worry, y'all. We're gonna have part two pretty pretty soon because. I'm going to let you have your John McCain moment, but um, yeah. Yeah, but we're going we to wrap this up. Episode four, uh, let, let everybody know where you can be Um, Twitter and Instagram is at honeybunches. That's H-U-N-N-I-I-E B-U-N-C-H-E-S. All right, and y'all can find me on Instagram at Biscay83, on Twitter at BizSkyThePoet. Capital B-I-G, capital S-K-Y-E, the poets. And we will check y'all out on part two. Now, now, okay, so I know this is y'all have no idea, uh, and that's the that's the tagline for the podcast, but I will let y'all know what I'm going to talk about on part two. She So so Sean has her John McCain um, thing that she's going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Jasper Williams. Oh, I oh. can't wait to check. Ooh, you just Respectability wait. Respectability politics. But I'm going to save that for part two because I got a little special thing I'm going to talk about with that one. But until next time, gang, we are going to check y'all out next time and we are going to leave it there. All right. Peace. Later. Later.